Welcome, disciple makers, and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy, disciple-making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, which identifies six main ministries needed to be a healthy church. The Spark Conference, a total church strengthening event that allows you to access keynotes and breakouts all year long for ongoing training in your ministry area. Access it today at thesparkconference.com. We're also setting up learning communities across Georgia to sharpen, encourage, and resource leaders personally and professionally. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org discipleship. Don't forget, you can find our previous episodes on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and your favorite podcast platform. Now let's join today's broadcast. Welcome, Georgia Baptist Discipleship. We have a tremendous broadcast today with a few guys that you may have heard of. First, we've got Dr. P.J. Dunn with us. He's the Southwest Discipleship Consultant with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board and the president of Table for One Ministries. We've got Stephen Kendrick. He's a co-writer for screenplays and books. He's a producer for the Kendrick Brother Films. He's spoken at churches and conferences all over the nation. He's also a co-founder and board member of the Fatherhood Commission. Stephen and his wife, Jill, live in Albany with their six children, and he and Alex both are active members at Sherwood Church. We also have Alex Kendrick, Stephen's brother, follower of Christ, passionate about telling stories and of hope and redemption, co-writer, screenplays, books, director, and editor for the Kendrick Brother Films, and he's spoken all across America, all across different countries as well. And he and his wife also live there in Albany. And he is a firm believer in parental discipline. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's such such an inside joke there. When we introduced him at the Spark Conference last week, he's, I'm so glad to be a part of the Spank Conference and I love parental discipline. All right. (laughs) Hey, so let's, uh, let's talk about some statistics here. And then we've got a few questions. We're so grateful that you guys came on with PJ and I today. So we, we noted that 3% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 71% of pregnant teenagers come from fatherless homes. The, there's a movie that we're going to talk about today that the Kendrick brothers have produced. It's actually a documentary that's going to be coming out in September. And, and these statistics are maybe things that you haven't heard specifically, these particular statistics, but you're going to know that they're happening. It's cultural. We've been seeing them on the news. We know them in our neighborhoods. Some of them, it's even in our own families. 85% of youth sitting in prison come from fatherless homes. Uh, Children from fatherless homes are four times more likely to live in poverty. I mean, just, just, we could go on and on, Alex and Stephen, about these statistics, statistics about how important it is for that father, not just to be in the home, but be engaged in the home. And at the, actually at the end of this broadcast, we're going to show an extended preview of this new documentary called Show Me the Father. So here's my first question. I just want to pitch this to you because just like in life, movies, timing is everything. So, so why release this movie about fatherhood? Why release that now? You know, I think that uh, what we have going on in our culture is not just a cultural crisis for 
you know, we're dealing with racism, we're dealing with uh, gender identity and all these things, but there's a fatherhood crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, when fathers are present in the home, when they are being the example <clears throat> to their kids, when they're reflecting that there is an almighty God that we're accountable to, it dramatically impacts everything. The ripple effects just from that alone are astounding. So we need dads to understand not just their role, but to, uh, to get back uh, to the home, to, to, the, to love their wives, love their kids, mm -hmm. to not allow secondary things to take priority in their heart and in their lives. My kids are my assignment from the Lord. They're like mm -hmm. my homework assignment. And I have six kids. They each have a different personality and it is for me to know them, to love them, to demonstrate what it looks like to walk with God, to get to know how God has designed each of them, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's older, his, he will not depart from it. So I wanna learn how has God wired my children so that they can honor the Lord with those uh, gifts and abilities. And so that's my job is for me to win their heart so that they will listen to me above the junk that the world gives them. We often say that whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. Mm -hmm. We want the next generation. So not only does, does Stephen and I and our brother Shannon and, uh, and, and our relatives pour into the lives of our children, not that the world revolves around our children, they do not, but to pour into the lives of our children so that they can continue our faith <clears throat> and ministry for generations to come. But also we want the hearts and minds of the young generation that we don't that, that we don't father, you know, we, we want to go out there and to all these young people that may not have dads to influence them to know and to seek the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's where fulfillment comes from. He's the author of life. He's the one that creates us and knows us better than we know ourselves. So we need men to step up and do that. So it's time for these types of, of movies and the Lord put it on our heart to tell these stories. This movie, Show Me the Father, will deal with five true stories that come from all vantage points of fatherhood, having a good dad, not having a dad at all, having a poor father. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do you adjust to that and, and still honor the Lord? How do you learn from that? How do you still get a blessing from a father? And so these are amazing stories, heart grabbing uh, stories with wonderful twists. And at the end of the film, we wanna point to the perfect heavenly father uh, mm -hmm. in heaven uh, he's the one that Jesus wants to introduce us to. He says, when you know me, you know the Father. He says in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So we want to introduce people to the Father through Jesus Christ. That's good. PJ? Yeah. Okay. So just to, uh, we, we got so excited to get into this, we forgot to say what we love saying, which is uh, as you're watching this live with us on Facebook, please comment uh, because we got swag to give out. Uh, the Kinder Brothers have given us a uh, couple of different things from the archives, maybe recent, all kinds of goodies. And we're, and we're going to make sure that we give away multiple winners for this one. So if you've won before, don't worry about it. Like get in here and write in the chat because we want to make sure that we get that to you. That's but, right. Drop it below. Um, and if you're listening to us on, on podcast, you can give us a rating and we'll also go through there and grab your name as well. So guys, um, you know, I can't remember which one of you, you know, had this quote, you, you both kind of interchangeably are, are, are one on this issue because you just have such a harmonious spirit of, of passion for fathers and adoption. But you mentioned that, you know, adoption is one of the most significant expressions of God's love. Just mm -hmm. like dive deeper into that and, and what you mean and speak to those that may be considering adoption. Sure. 
my wife and I had four biological children in the year 2011. The Lord spoke to my heart through his word and just told me he wanted me to adopt. And that was outside of my box. You know, I generally am supporting the orphans by praying for them and supporting our church and families that adopt. But I didn't think that God had called me to do that. And so uh, when he confirmed that he was moving us in that direction, we were praying through that whole process. And after two years of filling out the paperwork and and uh, the Lord led us to go to China, we adopted a baby girl from China. We brought her back. She's freaking out. She's not sleeping at night. She's panicking when you take a, you know food out of her hand. She didn't know who we were, who she was. But we just saw an incredible picture of the gospel. Uh, through that whole process and discovered more things about not only our identity in Christ, but the heart of our Heavenly Father. Because every believer in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1 says, it has been adopted by God where he has chosen you, he has rescued you through Jesus, he's paid all your debts and forgiven you of all of your sins in Christ, he has set his love upon you, and you are a joint heir, you have a joint inheritance, you have all of his provision, access to his heart, his throne in prayer. And so all believers have been spiritually adopted by God. But if we don't know our identity in Christ, we can be like my adopted daughter who's like freaking out, panic, not knowing those things. We saw her go from being an unwanted burden in a communist country with no hope for the future to being a beloved, welcome blessing in a Christian home in America with all the provision, the love, access to our heart and with a joint you know inheritance as our siblings have and so just that whole encounter was revolutionary for us yes god wants people to support the orphan whether that's through your prayers or your church reaching out in foster care or you just supporting families that are called to adopt but uh the the body of christ could wipe out our our fatherless situation in foster care and adoption if every church just adopted one and so that's that's not too much to ask but we talk about adoption in this film but we also talk about really the adopted heart of our heavenly father yeah and, and she did great. stop she did stop crying i just want to finish that yes she's happy harper sees her they high five okay so so that's like right. there's that's a right. great situation i you know we have something here called mission georgia and, and the Georgia Baptist partner in this area of adoption and raising awareness and have the same heart and the same mind for that. And, you know, what you're saying really resonates to our family because we feel like we're in that spot, like, Lord, if you would, if you would just speak that word, we'd do it tomorrow. Like, we want to be obedient. And he hasn't spoken that word. So, so you sharing that part of your testimony resonates with me and maybe some of our people that are watching that sometimes feel like we're less than because we didn't choose adoption, but it's like, well, we just don't feel called. Right. So I love that you had that tension. And I guess I want to follow up question there. So, so when did you know there was a marked difference between the tension of should we and God said do it? Well, uh, I was on an airplane and uh, reading John 10, and it's in the context of Jesus talking about the Gentiles being included in the gospel when he said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold that I must bring to be a part of this fold. But it was one of those kind of rhema moments where God grabbed that verse, punched me on the face, and he said, this is for you right now. And so I turned to my wife and I said, I think the Lord is saying we might need to adopt. I'm just, 
was she had been praying for me for two years that God would turn my heart towards adoption, but she didn't want to be like the Hagar, Sarah pushing me moment if God wasn't in it, you know? So she had just trusted the Lord with that. Well, God just kept confirming, you know, there was the peace about it. Uh, There was a sense of rightness about it, the provision, the open doors, the counsel, all those things began to fall into place. And so I would tell people, uh, even if God calls you to adopt, you need to be praying about from where and when and who, you know, so that you're right in the, the, the middle of God's will. Because I've heard positive and negative stories about adoption. But, you know, Jesus was adopted by or Joseph in a sense because he wasn't his earthly father. And um, Moses was adopted, you could say. But I, I would say that believers need to follow James 127. It's pure religion and undefiled is to care for orphans and widows in their affliction. That's good. That's great. And of the several thousand that are going to watch this broadcast, I can guarantee you that there's going to be some that as you're speaking and God has already begun to do something in the heart, it's just, it's incredible how God uses testimonies and his word Mm -hmm. to confirm a passion and a direction. Well, look, we, we know that there'll also be some who are watching this guys that didn't have a great relationship with their own father. And some of right. them, see, we have a pastor wellness team here in Georgia as well, and they're focused on helping those pastors, our leaders, be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And some of them didn't have this great relationship, kind of like Jim Daly and Eddie George and others that are in this movie that talk about some of those relationships. So I wonder, do, do you have just a word, maybe for a moment, that you could speak directly to the heart of the leaders who are going to be watching this and just say, you know what? Um, maybe give a word of hope and of, 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 of courage going forward here. One of the most powerful aspects of this movie, uh, when we were putting together Show Me the Father, was Jim Daly's story. You know, he, he when he was young, he had a, a bad father, alcoholic, sometimes was there, then not there for years at a time. And then he passed away a drunk in an abandoned building. So Jim grows up through his formative teenage 20s 30s with no father and for a while was really upset about that he was a christian was seeking the lord did believe that god loved him to a growing degree as he matured in christ so he goes through a hard time he goes to his basement and he's sitting there complaining to god why didn't you give me a dad i could call why didn't you give me a dad i could that could encourage me and he said that the lord said in his spirit almost with a tonal quality not audibly, but very clear with a tonal quality. Haven't I been a good father to you? Mm. And he said, it just stunned him that the Lord was saying, I have been here this whole time. I see you this Mm -hmm. whole time. I know what you're going through this whole time. I have loved you this whole time. Mm -hmm. And he started reflecting on all the answered prayers and things that the Lord had done through his life. And he began to weep and he said, I got on my knees and I said, God, you have been the best father that any man could have. And uh, that man, that is so gripping because he is the father to the fatherless. Yes, he is. Now, yes, men can step up and be mentors and help to be that father figure, that godly father figure to people that don't have a father in their life. But at the same time, God the father is perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything he does is perfect. And we do him a disservice to only think of him as a distant God, 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 God when he wants to be father, 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 close to us, intimate with us, Mm -hmm. walking with us. And so when you understand that and you realize even if your earthly dad 
was not the good role model for you or did not affirm you. Maybe he was too stern or maybe he just was flat out terrible. Mm. But God is not like that. God is a perfect father who sees you and knows you and wants that relationship with you and also wants you to seek him. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you in, in uh, James 4.8. Um, he says in Jeremiah 29.13, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. God is waiting to be found. He wants to be there. He's not hiding from us, but neither does he force himself into our lives. So God loves you. He is the perfect father. And, and that's why we stuck that in this film. When you watch this movie, you will see some of the stories that you can relate to. And at the end, you'll be reminded there is a God in heaven who's not only the creator of the universe, he is a father and wants to be part of my everyday life, wants an ongoing relationship with me through Jesus <clears throat> Christ. And so we're excited about the film. We're excited about the, the fruitfulness it's, it, it's had already. And mm -hmm. to those men who say, I didn't have that dad, Man, there is hope. There is a blessing waiting for you, a father's blessing from the Lord waiting for you. Yeah, well, and and y'all um y'all invited me to a sneak peek of this when I was in Nashville and um there was nothing else going on in Nashville, right? We were just there to, to hang out. But but while we were there, <laughs> there with a few couple thousand of our Baptist friends, um, we, we got to see a preview of this and I and I saw this and I thought, I gotta text Scott right now and tell him. But then I thought one of you are going to see me texting and like, take me out. So I, I, I had to wait, I had to wait till the end of the movie and I got out and I texted Scott and I was like, Scott, something incredible just happened. I saw men talking about their story. And so Scott, I really want you to speak to this first. Um, and then we can follow up with, with Stephen and Alex, but I, I want you to speak to how leaders can use this movie to restart their men's ministries, especially in a season where COVID is, is raging again. And it feels like it's impossible, but you know, kind of walk through that local leader, you know, how, how would you address that and use this tool? Absolutely. hundred percent. Cause I, I remember when I watched the preview actually at Sherwood church there, I was there with, with Steven. And one of my thoughts as I'm just sort of taking notes and I'm writing things down and I got tears in my eyes, watching pieces of this movie, because there's pieces of it are very emotional. And I remember thinking what an incredible opportunity for a relaunch of men's ministry during this season, wherever they are in the world or in church, but yes. particularly on what we hope is backside of COVID or at least figuring out what a, a normal is going to look like. So here are a couple of things that we're looking at in the state is helping associations and churches that could, they could, might could do movie night where, where men watch this particular documentary and then have some follow-up discussions um, study groups. In just a second, Alex, Stephen, I want you guys to speak into some of the resources that are going to follow this, which I think yes. are critical. Uh, but I really want our associations and our churches to consider showing it and thinking it. But here's what I really think is key. We've got to get these small groups of men with a mentor in our churches so that they don't just watch this documentary, feel really good or really bad, and then do nothing with it. My heart mm -hmm. is to help them take it, what has been, been impacted, and then flesh it out and process it and come up with some kind of actionable plan. So what we'd love to hear from you guys is just, and I know your heart is this as well, what is your thought coming out of this of how the churches can use it in terms of resourcing and material? Well, um, it is our desire to create tools that churches can use and leverage for any kind of ministry. This movie openly presents the gospel. We've had people, children, and even a security guard from Sony at a screening in Alabama after the movie's over with saying, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. 
There's such an overwhelming sense of the love of God that is shown throughout this film, the redemption of God. You basically see the father's heart running off the porch, grabbing his son and saying, take my best robe and put it on my son and how you wow. feel at the end of this movie. And so there's that aspect of it. Everybody has a fatherhood story. And if you really want to impact somebody's life and unlock their relationship with God, if you can help them to heal or begin to see God as that perfect faithful, trustworthy, loving father that they've always longed for and never had on earth. Uh, and so this movie points people in that direction. You can help people with addictions, with depression, when they begin to see the heart of their heavenly father in the film. It was our father, uh, when God revealed to him the heart of the love of his heavenly father, that, that God used to bring him out of depression years ago. And so those are aspects of it as well. As you said, men's ministry, you can challenge dads, you know, to step up because they're representing all the roles of God the Father and the roles they have been assigned biblically on earth with their own children. And so um, I would say at the end of the film, we're going to have a website, a URL that says fatherhelp.net. And there will be immediate responses where people can download a free discussion guide. You can use it for your men's group. It'll have those roles of dads and verses you can look up. Uh, there's going to be a helpline people can call that Focus on the Family is going to provide that has immediately counseling to lead somebody to Christ, you know, if they don't have a relationship with God. Um, there's actually adoption ministry, CAFO, uh, that's going to provide a link if people are interested in adoption. And then um, we've got the blessing, John Trent. There's going to be a video with him explaining how to bless your children mm. that's connected to it as well. But I would just say pray. Uh, because anytime you drop truth on the heart of a believer, they start blooming in their own context. Yes. The best way to leverage that. And if pastors uh, watch the trailer, watch the heart of and ramp up for this, you're going to be able to leverage this movie. It's kind of a Swiss army knife mm -hmm. because you can leverage it for men's ministry. You can leverage it for addiction ministry, children's ministry. It's safe for kids to watch as well. Uh, discipleship is going to flow out of it. And you see mentoring relationships between older men and younger men modeled and demonstrated, you know, in the film. And so uh, I would pray and say, Lord, would you show me through your spirit how you want us to leverage this? Because we've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and a bunch of years of work to try to hand you the Swiss army knife. And hopefully you'll be able to take it into the harvest field and leverage it in your context. And it's got a ton of sports in it. There's heavy football in it, coaches. I think this is a prime vehicle for coaches as, as well. As you know, a lot of coaches will become a father figure to their players. That's right. And when they don't have dads, they look, they look to their coaches. Then a coach is such an influential role, but this movie, uh, talks about that too so even from a football sports coaching standpoint that this movie will hit the bullseye gosh that is all kinds of good i'm just thinking about i spoke sunday morning in petal mississippi and the entire football team was in the mm -hmm. sanctuary right and i mean like at least a dozen of them made salvation yeah. decisions and i'm just thinking man getting a, a, a team or some of these schools gosh i hadn't even thought about that alex that's a great mm -hmm. Idea. Now I've got a, a quick follow up here, and then PJ is going to close our time with a with one more question. But but it brings to mind, you know, something personal because stories are so imper so personal and make such an impact. Do you have one or two that you've heard already that have made a difference? And I know that like for you guys personally, this is so impactful because you had a father who invested yes. in you and gave you that sort of blessing. Can you speak into that for a moment? 
what we just we, when we showed it at our church as an early screening, one of our staff members at our church came forward and said, um, I, I, I need to get this right with my dad. I've been estranged from my father for, for 23 years. Yeah, for years. And and so he went and contacted his dad, prayed and contacted his dad, and they started back up the uh, uh, chain of communication going back and forth, and it's gotten better and better and better. And then they met and yeah. reconciled. It all happened since he saw the film. It's happened really fast. Yeah. yeah so that, you know, this movie really like putting a golf ball on a tee, it sets up the potential for ministry, for reconciliation, for forgiveness, mm -hmm. and certainly a better understanding of God as Father through Jesus Christ. And again, we're trying to, to give you guys a softball pitch that you can knock out of the park at your churches and your men's groups and family ministries. And let me just mention uh, Courageous Legacy, uh, which is the 10 year anniversary of Courageous, is coming out two weeks later. It was originally October 15th. We just found out this past weekend they're moving it sooner. People will be able to see it sooner in theaters. Uh, and so I would challenge pastors, take groups of people to see Show Me, Their, Show Me the Father. And women resonate with the movie as well. There's all the, the female stories and the mom stories that are part of it as well. Uh, but then they're going to see how to bless your kids. And I would challenge then men to take their families as the spiritual leader of their home to see courageous legacy and then do a blessing time prayer, blessing time over your families after you see that film, because that one gets real practical and it shows the dads leading their own home spiritually, the resolution and all those kind of things. So show me the father's true stories. It's more epic in nature, fatherhood of God. And then courageous is more entertaining, emotional roller coaster, action, humor, but then it gets real practical in the home of showing dads leading their family spiritually and praying over them. PJ, that's great because what you and I have talked about before is we want things to be a launching pad, not a landing pad. So actually show that's me right. the father can be a launching pad to another experience that flows deeper into family connected uh, together, but also with the Lord. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And so many times we, we define discipleship as a program or as a study, or you have to do this for six weeks, or if you're a real man, you show up at 4 a.m. Okay. And so like right. this, isn't <laughs> this, this gets men talking. And, you know, I walked out of the screening and looked at somebody and I was like, I've never told you my dad's story, but, and then we ride all the way home from Nashville and we have this long conversation about it in a car. Yes. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I need to do something with this, you know? And and so okay. like it got me talking and I thought, you know, Mr. Ministry Man, like I'm just going to come in here and review it. It's not I'm going to be solid, you know. But one thing y'all don't know about me is that documentaries get me every time. And I'll give you a fun example. So when I was down with COVID, my wife hates watching documentaries like because they're normally boring. Right. This isn't that genre. But to give you an example, like I'm watching how a, a Russian sub was being purchased by like a cartel member. And I'm like all into this documentary. And she's like you should stay in quarantine a little longer, get this out of your system. <laughs> I, love, I love a good documentary, yeah. a good w, World War II documentary, all that kind of stuff. But this is your first documentary. And, and so why is this different than like Courageous or Fireproof and Facing the Giants? Like, how is this, how's this different? You know, uh, the Lord has called us to present stories that draw people to a closer walk with him and to prepare the bride of Christ for his return. And um, after Overcomer, we were praying, and, and the theme of fatherhood is a common theme in all of our films. You know, we're, we're drawn to that theme, and not, not necessarily because we think we have to, because I think the Lord's put it on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so Stephen came to me and said, hey, Alex, the fatherhood is still on my heart. What if we did a documentary? 
and we talked about how fatherhood is meant to reflect the fatherhood of God as our Heavenly Father. And we prayed about it, and the Lord began bringing us these incredible stories that sometimes came from unusual sources. Mm-hmm. And we realized, man, these are so... So we started capturing them. You know, we got Rick Altizer, who directed this, to do all the interviews. He would go to the locations and talk to, to various people, including us. And uh, we got Mark Miller to produce it. He had been producing uh, films and documentaries overseas as a missionary. And so they just did such good work and and and... When it came together, it was much more powerful than I expected. When we presented it to Sony, they said, yes, this has got to go to theaters. And so the Lord is doing something even beyond what we recognize. That's right. And we're excited about what he's going to do. We see his fingerprints all over this. And again, can't wait to see what the impact is. But we don't like boring documentaries either. And so we, we pushed on how can we make this as cinematic and emotional. It's the roller coaster. It has the twists, the turns. And so a whole lot of work went in to crafting all of the footage that we had and all the interviews. And we even, the score is very cinematic. It's the original score. Everything about it leads you hopefully to a very fulfilling ending where you've had an encounter with the Lord. So yeah, I can verify that. I don't know about you, Scott, but there were, there were a couple of moments where I was like, you know, that moment where you're watching something and you don't see anything else. Like I had that most of the time when I was watching, like, what, you know, and I'm just into it. And then somebody else yelled, what, on the screen at one point. I was like, what? Like I was just, (laughs) I never like react, especially to a documentary. So anyhow, I can verify the cinematic part of it. So We would never give it away, but Elizabeth and I were talking to after we previewed it. And it was what we described was it was a great experience. And that's what Mm. you want. You know, when you when you have that kind of uh, viewing there that moves you. So, gentlemen, look, thank you so much for being on the broadcast today. Look, we are we are fans of your work, of the movies, the documentary. But more than that, we are fans of the Kendrick family. We're grateful for what the Lord thank you give you a task to give you a calling to do what you're doing in an industry that is not typical for Christian movies. So thank you for being faithful to follow that through uh, for sure. So friends, if you have any comments, best thing you've liked today, make sure to leave a comment here. We'll leave some uh, links to resources. We'll make sure that we put dates and times when these movies are going to be released. And uh, we did talk about Courageous the Legacy, Legacy, and it'll be coming out. What was the date again on that for October? September 24th. So Show Me the Father, September 10th. Courageous Legacy, September the 24th. You can go to showmethefathermovie.com and courageousthemovie.com. Excellent. Love it. Dr. PJ Dunn, thank you for being with us. Alex and Stephen Kendrick, thank you. And thank you all for viewing, listening today. And uh, I want to just leave you with a thought because our prayer is always that you will take these nuggets of wisdom and stirring that you get on this broadcast and that it'll help you and equip you to do better as we go and make world impacting disciple makers. Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, 
visit gabaptist.org discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple makers.